Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about how to confidently save faster for the things you really want. My name is Lucy Good, and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today, to talk about the important issue of saving, I'm chatting to Anthea Faulkner from Bright Spenders. Now, Anthea is the leading national specialist in budgeting for women, helping a range of women from busy mums to executive professionals to create a budget on steroids. Her Bright Spenders program helps people reduce debt fast, get complete control of their finances and maximise their income so they can finally realise those long-held financial dreams and even manage impulsive shopping habits, which I need help with for sure. (laughs) Anthea understands how hard it is to get ahead when you've got kids, so she gets us, basically. Um, She transformed her own family finances as a result of using the principles in the programmes that she teaches to people today. Within two years, she was able to pay 50k of her home mortgage, ditch her credit card debt, and purchase two investment properties. She's a passionate advocate and coach for women wanting to fast-track their financial success and security. Welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Anthea. Hi, Lucy. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really, um, I just love, I mean, this topic, obviously, it's a real passion project for me and I love talking about women to women and about women specifically getting ahead with their finances because so many women are behind the eight ball and you know I love just sharing about the way that we the way that we did it the way that I help you know just hundreds of other women get ahead and yeah so thanks so much for having me here. It's a really interesting topic and it's one that I was really looking forward to chatting about so I have to be very careful to make sure that I keep our podcast within the 30 minutes that it's meant to be because I know we're talking to some really busy ladies out there. Um, I'm also just going to say to the listeners um, I have... um, I've had to change my um, software for podcasting and my laptop. So this is the first time I've used my new setup. I won't go into the stressful details of getting it all working. But um, we've also got a bit of a cyclone off the edge of the coast here in Queensland. So my internet isn't fantastic. If my voice goes a little bit crackly, please bear with me because I will come back again um, and keep listening. And I'm pretty sure Anthea, who's the one who's providing all the valuable information will be perfectly clear. Um, Look, Anthea, before we head into the questions that I've got for you about how we can all be brilliant savers, um, I wanted to ask you, because it's often the way with um, great businesses, that the idea for the business that you've created stems from a personal experience and often a bad experience at that. And that then creates a need to help others who are going through something similar. And it certainly sounds like that was the case for your business can you just tell us before we go into the nitty-gritty of how the listeners can save tell us um how the problems you had with money turned out to be the launching pad for your business bright spenders oh yeah it's it's one of those cases of you know where people have to experience a certain amount of pain before they'll actually make a change and that was certainly the case with us 
Um, so, you know, about 10 years ago, we were living in Sydney. We were completely mortgaged over our heads. We had two little babies. Um, I think they were one and a half and three and a half at the time. And we were living in a beautiful part of Sydney down Bronte Beach um, in this little tiny holiday apartment. It was like living in a shoebox. <laughs> but um, we just found ourselves in this position that we, you know, my husband particularly had never thought that he would be in. Um, but it was really as a result of just our personal circumstances kind of just just getting out of hand. So, you know, he had, we came into the relationship, he had single parented his daughter and, you know, he had to pay out his ex-wife and pay out his ex-partner and we just kind of got to the stage where we had this massive mortgage. We were both self-employed so we had these really unpredictable incomes and I really wasn't working very much at the time because I was raising two small children um, and he had always thought that there would always be cash available you know he'd done business through the 80s where you know he's a he trades rare guitars he had a guitar shop a music shop in Paddington and um, you know and, and he always had um, musicians coming in and bringing in lots of cash and you know it was it was all great but things times change And things got tighter, definitely. And his circumstances meant that, you know, he had to remortgage a number of times to cover debts and to pay out people and to raise his beautiful daughter. Um, And so, you know, we we just got to the stage where we really had to do something. We, um, We couldn't go on like we were. And we visited the accountant and he said to us, right, so you guys have this massive mortgage and you're doing it on half an income and how's that working out for you? And and it was a pretty embarrassing moment, you know, to realise that, um, yeah, that, you know, we'd been, we'd been pretty unconscious in our spending habits and, and just generally manage, managing our money. Um, but that's a very common story. You know, most of us out there were never taught how to manage money. I certainly was never taught. I was given a credit card at the age of 18 and, you know, and never, you know, never taught about investing, never taught about savings, particularly more than that I should save. I knew that I should save, but I was never taught any kind of method of, of saving or anything like that. So, um, yeah, and, you know, at, at the time I had thought that my husband would take care of it. You know, I, I thought that like many women do that, and I'm sure there are many people listening in today who have had that have had that situation where they thought their partners were dealing with it only to find out that you know they were hopelessly in debt or that you know that yeah that that they that they really needed to have their eyes on the ball and um, it was a conversation with a girlfriend of mine um, this beautiful friend Tanya who said to me Anthea you need to take control of this situation that I realised that it was absolutely right. You know, if it was to be, it was up to me. No one else was going to do it. He wasn't going to do it. You know, he was he was working in his business. He had he had no more of a clue than I did. Um, and so I knew that if I wanted to improve the situation, I needed to to deal with it. So we set about this process of. Um, 
you know, looking at all sorts of ways to manage our money. You know, we, we decided to sell and move out of Sydney. Luckily, it was pre-GFC, so we came out with a very, very small amount of money that we could um, use for a deposit on a new, you know, very low mortgage home. Um, and so we did that. We moved out. I could have gone and got a full-time corporate job, but with two little children, I just really didn't want to give myself that that pressure. And so we just decided we were going to start with a clean slate. But I just knew if we didn't get this money management piece handled, that we would just end up in the same position. So I tried lots of different things. I read heaps of books on budgeting. I, um, you know, and, and just generally, general kind of wealth wealth creation books. Um, I, you know, did lots of workshops. I tried tracking our expenses, writing down absolutely everything that we spent money on. I gave my husband a journal that he wrote every single coffee and every single, you know, nail and screw that he bought and he rolled his eyes at me, but he did it. And, um, you know, at the end of a certain period, I think after the first year of doing that, we were certainly very clear about where our money was going and we had um, a very clear idea about that. But for us, it never really, it never helped me answer that million-dollar question that I always had, which was, well, okay, I know what I've spent my money on. You know, I know, I know what, what we've spent it on. But how do I know, what, what, do I, what do I need my bank balance to be today to cover everything that's coming at us over the next couple of months, year, two years, five years? So, you know, we had, we had a, a whole bunch of predictable regular bills, so things like rent, mortgage payments, you know, Netflix. At the time there was no Netflix, but, you know, there were other subscriptions. Um, groceries, you know, all of those are very predictable, regular expenses. They all have a date. They all have an amount of money that you you can attach to them. Then there are the things like the unpredictable expenses, so things like car repairs, health, like, you know, doctors, medical fees, um, clothing, things that don't have – they're a bit rubbery, you know, they don't have a date, but you know that you will be spending money on those things. And then there's um, – you know, longer-term expenses like replacing a fridge every 10 years or a hot water system, replacing driver's licences every five years, um, car tyres, car batteries, you know, all those things happen on different frequencies. They're not, they don't fit neatly into a, month, a monthly budget or even an annual budget. You know, some of those things happen, happen you know, years after you, you might do that initial monthly budget. Um, and then, of course, there's goals because we all want to be moving ahead. We all want to be paying down our debt as quickly as we possibly can. We all want to be saving for things like holidays, saving for home deposits, saving to pay down our mortgage faster, saving for private school education if we want to edu- educate our kids that way, and saving for retirement. And those, all of those things are super important. So we can't just create a budget that just um, ensures that we spend less than we earn. We actually want a really strong plan for saving so that we can so that we can, you know, kick some of those goals and actually feel good about what we're doing, feel 
secure that, you know, at some point we're going to be able to retire before we're 90. Um, and, you know, so, so yeah, so I feel like I'm rambling a little bit now, Lucy, but um, I, you know, yeah, so that was totally the impetus for me doing what we did. We found that, that bionic budgeting system back then, nine years ago, and it allowed us to know on any given day exactly what our bank balance needed to be in order to achieve our goals. So I kind of think of it like it's like a GPS, okay? So it's the map of where you want to go. And as long as you follow it, as long as you check in 10 or 20 minutes a week, you will get to your goal without a doubt. And we experienced that over the first couple of years. We always knew that we would always have enough money to pay our bills when they were due. We knew that as long as we checked in once a week that we would achieve all of those goals and it, and it has turned out to be exactly like that. And so it's exactly what you use. You're now teaching to people today mm. through Bright Spenders. So you know it works from the experiences that you've had with it, which is a brilliant way to um, be able to help other people. So... Um, at Bright Spenders, you help people to achieve what we all want, which is a life free of money worries. Um, and this can actually improve our life significantly in so many ways, um, which often we're not aware of. What kind of differences can reducing money worries have on us? You know, it's really interesting. Um, and and you're, you're right when you say that we're not even aware half the time just how much money stress affects us. You know, we're aware that we're not sleeping as well as we could be. We're aware that maybe we're not feeling as energetic. Maybe we're feeling a bit down, but we don't attribute attribute those things often to money stress. You know, maybe we have a ton of credit card debt or personal loan debt or, you know, or just the fact that we're really not clear whether we're actually um, earning more than we're spending. Just that sort of nebulous kind of, uh, it doesn't feel quite right to me, I can't really put my finger on it. Just that sense of um, unsureness and lack of clarity can can lead into um, stress levels rising around money. So definitely reducing stress. You know, if you get your, um, your money... If you get your plan sorted when it comes to your finances, it can reduce stress levels significantly. Stress around money is one of the leading causes of, you know, relationship breakdown. And, there, you know, as I mentioned before, there are probably a lot of women listening in who've had that exact experience with their, with their exes or with their current partners where, um, yeah, they've, they've experienced that for sure. You know, there's also that that um, often, you know, if you have a partner, you have different uh, a different relationship or different values around money too. So that can cause that, um, that you know, you um, kind of bumping up against each other when maybe one is the saver, one is the spender, but you have different values about, you know, how you choose to deal with money. So, you know, in terms of what it can do for you when you improve your financial situation, it definitely reduces stress and improves health outcomes. It definitely builds your confidence so that you can actually increase income as a result. 
you know, it's interesting um, and, and being able to, you know, think bigger and actually kick bigger goals. If I can share with you, you know, a couple of stories of women that I've worked with recently, both of these two women, one is a, a singer-songwriter and the other is um, she works in retail, like in the rag trade in Melbourne. Both of them came to me having no clue really how much they were spending, what 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 income they needed to generate to cover their personal spending and what income they needed to generate to get to their goals of, of home ownership. And so um, and so both of them when we when we got everything into the spending plan and we got it all very clear, they could see exactly what the deficit was. They could see exactly like prior to that point they were always a bit vague and a bit in denial about how much they needed to actually bring in. But but once they saw the clear picture, and it wasn't a pretty one initially, it is incredibly empowering for people. When they know, when they can see, oh, okay, I just have to bring in another $200 a week or $100 a week or $300 or whatever it is, it's a really quantifiable amount and then they can go out and just focus on generating that income. And both of them came back to me. The singer-songwriter came back to me within, you know, a couple of weeks saying, I've just landed, you know, a full-time teaching gig at a private school teaching singing. And the other one came back to me with a manager's job. And so, I mean, this is – it kind of gives me shivers when I talk about this. I get really emotional about it because – that is empowerment at its best, you know, when when you cut through the, the mind clutter around your finances, you get very clear on what exactly you're spending, what exactly you need to be bringing in, then people just, people just start to get into action around making that happen. It's m- removing the fear as well, isn't it? We're not living under exactly. the shadow of fear that we're doing the wrong thing with our finances. Once we know where we stand, that fear um, can, goes away and that can help with stress and all the other health issues that come with money worries. But something that I hear a lot from the single mums I work with um, is that they have no money left over each week. So mm. how on earth can they save? So what's mm. your advice to someone who feels like this? It's a, such a great question and it's certainly one that I hear a lot as well. So, yeah, let's let's talk about that. So really that no money left over at the end of each week is a symptom of a certain way of being around money. So there's a few different possibilities why that would be the case. One is that the income's too low, very low income, which doesn't stretch to cover all of your expenses and what we were talking about before. When you're unconscious about what you actually need to bring in, then you just kind of live in this land of denial around it. So not having a really clear picture of exactly how much you need can lead to that low confidence about earning more. So simply getting clear about what's what can open up, you know, the opportunities for for you to increase more income and and have more left over at the end of each week. Um, Another possibility might be that you you might have a decent income, but there's cash flow restriction because of the debt repayments that you have perhaps, you know, and and because there's no clear clear plan to pay that debt down, 
there's no real opportunity to increase your cash flow. So the sooner that people can pay down that debt, and it may be, you know, a, um, a little bit like a Rubik's Cube, you know, you have to kind of focus on one part of the picture. You First of all, you get the clear plan, then you work on income generation, maybe you sell a few things, you know, you just kind of do things um, in tandem one after another that, allows the cash flow to get freed up so that you can pay down the debt quicker and then you can free up all sorts of cash flow to, you know, spend on the possibilities that we all want to be, you know, really focusing on. Another one might be that, um, you know, that you have a decent income and maybe you don't even have a whole lot of debt, but there's lack of, it all comes back to lack of effective planning again and people are not factoring in all the expenses that they need to be including into their into their spending plan, they're not. They're, they might be factoring in all the predictable things that they can see right now in front of them. So the subscriptions, the rent payments, mortgage payments, you know, groceries, all of those kinds of things, which happen either on a weekly or a monthly basis, or even within the year. Um, but they're not often factoring in things like the car repairs, things like the long-term replacement costs of things like computers and, you know, you're going to need whatever, 1000 to $2,000 to replace your computer in the next three years. You know, have you thought about how you're going to, you know, put that money away so that you'll have it available? And we get into this situation where we haven't factored everything in and then so we're spending more thinking that we have surplus cash, but in actual fact, that surplus cash, most of it ought to be going towards those um, unpredictable things. The other thing that people don't have is they don't have an emergency fund set up so that as soon as an emergency happens and Murphy's Law, it will happen at some point. You'll have, you know, a death in the family. You'll need to fly overseas for a funeral or you'll have a major car breakdown, or you'll get sick. One of those three things will happen, and if there's no emergency fund, you're going to be reaching for a credit card. So, um, yeah, all these things reinforce that debt, no savings cycle. So, you know, and really, yeah, just, it all comes back down to planning, which none of us were ever taught. Exactly, um, yeah, and so there's no excuse, really. We all got some way to save. We just need to look at other areas um, of our financial life, and then we'll be able to start saving. Now, mm. look, my next question we have, we kind of touched on already, but we all know that education equals empowerment. Mm. So how does this actually apply to our finances and how important is it that we take the time to understand and learn in order to move forward? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I just this is why I'm so passionate about helping women because women are already behind the eight ball when it comes to our incomes, our super, our lack of general knowledge about investing compared to men. Um, and just this kind of idea, this sort of, fairy tale kind of um, idea that we don't need to worry about it, that a man will do it for us. So all of those things converge and it means that it's just crucial that every woman makes financial literacy a priority right now, that they don't wait until they get a pay rise. They don't wait until they're on holidays next. Mm. 
that they actually start right now because if you don't start now, where are you going to be 10 years' time, you know, without, without making a start today? Really, it, the financial part underpins everything, you know, underpins your confidence, your, um, you know, your, your future outcomes in terms of retirement, all sorts of things. So it's really important to make it a priority and learning what we need to do um, in a few different key areas is, is a really good start. So learning how to build those fences around your finances so that it protects you from your own worst enemy, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so I am my own worst enemy. If I see surplus funds in my bank account, I'm going to spend it unless you know I have a very clear plan for that money. So I always like to operate and teach people about zero-based, um, zero-balance budgeting. So that mean, that doesn't mean that you've got no money in your account at the end of the month. What it means is that every dollar is accounted for in some way. So if you have, you know, after all of your predictable and unpredictable expenses, you've got whatever, $100 left over or 400 or 1000 or 2000 whatever it is that we have a plan for that money, then that money goes into an investment or it goes into, you know, it's something that is, is really important for your future because without paying yourself first, and that's what paying yourself first means, a lot of people bandy that term around and we don't really understand what it means. Paying yourself first doesn't mean going and buying yourself a dress or, you know, um, pampering yourself with, with something it means thinking about your future and actually putting money away so that um you know that your future self will thank you in the end um so learning how to build those fences around your your finances um i recommend um that that people set up their bank accounts in a particular way that really if you're a wage earner you just need three basic accounts. And what I find is people come to me and they either have a million different accounts, all of them with these cute names, but, you know, all of them have lots of little pockets of money in them and it's really confusing and it doesn't, it's not serving them at all. So three basic accounts. One is for your bills, so your regular predictable expenses. So anything that has a date, and an amount of money attached to it. And it doesn't matter what frequency it is. So it could be, um, you know, rent payments, mortgage payments, even birthdays and Christmas are regular and predictable. We know, you know, everyone in our lives has a birth date. We know how much we want to spend on that person. So um, and we know how much we want to budget for them. Anything from, you know, all the subscriptions to the long-term um, frequency things like car tyres, car repairs, you know, all those things are reasonably regular and predictable. So that so they accumulate in the bills account and your salary goes into that account and your bills um, get paid from that account. The other account, so there's two other accounts, one, one account is for unpredictable expenses. So these are things that don't necessarily have a date and an amount of money but you will be spending money. So it's not so much long-term savings. It's really things like medical expenses, clothing, um, car repairs, you know, things that are going to happen at some point in the next year or couple of months or next couple of years. 
Um, the other account is weekly expenses. So this is things like, I call this the triple FI. So this is food, fuel, fun, and incidentals. So um, we would decide, looking at your overall plan, how much you can afford to be putting into that account every week. And, you know, say, for instance, it's $200. So we set up a regular automatic transfer of that amount of money into that account. And if by, by, you know, day five or six there's no money in that account, that is a really clear stop to spending. You know that all you have to do is just stay home, eat out of the pantry, ride your bike, (laughs) don't go anywhere, and that, that new lot of money is going to come in and interestingly it just it that's a habit changer mm. just having that fence around your money is, is incredibly important um outside of that an emergency fund is really important but learning how to set your bank accounts up right so that it protects you and enhances your savings um you know then you get a whole lot of confidence as a money manager that you that you probably haven't had before and with the emergency fund that you mentioned, I always wonder how much should you have in that? Because an emergency can be mm. anything really, can't it? And yeah. It can range yeah. from a, just a, a, a little bit of um, cash injection that you need to huge amounts if the hot water system goes mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Australia, I know a lot of American personal finance experts recommend $1,000. I think in Australia... It needs to be a bit more, so I, I think about probably two, two and a half thousand dollars is a. If you think about what would an airfare cost you, you know, across the world if someone died, what would a car engine cost you, and what would you know if you had to take a few weeks off work and you couldn't work and you didn't get paid, what you know might. I mean, getting sick is probably the worst of the worst because you really don't know, but. I think two, two and a half thousand dollars is certainly better than nothing. Mm. And what having that money there does is it prevents you from reaching for a credit card to cover those things. So, you know, what, what my whole goal is to get people to start using cash, even if they have a whole bunch of debt, even if their credit cards are totally maxed out, they will start using their own cash from day one and they will start using Visa debit cards from day one. And at the same time, we will have a plan for paying down that debt. Mm. So it gets people out of that cycle of using their credit cards for everything. So people are living with their credit cards. They're paying for everything with their credit cards. And then they, when they get paid, they just try and pay off as much as possible. But they don't have a really, really clear picture of, you know, exactly um, – how much they can afford to be spending and um, they don't have a clear plan for paying that debt off. Yeah. So this keeps them out of credit cards. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. It's a, yeah. A, good, a good way to live. Look, I've got one more question. I am looking mm-hmm. at the clock. Um, but I like to leave the listeners with actions that they can kind of say, right, okay, I've listened to that podcast and now I'm going to go and do this, this and this. So... You've given us loads of advice, but what are your absolute top tips that mums listening can go and do right now to start their savings process? Mm. Um, I would say don't delay it. So, so do something, just get onto it today. You know, you'll feel so much better actually taking action with it. 
Um, but I would say that building your fences, fences around your money is a huge takeaway. So separating out those regular predictable bills from the unpredictable expenses and the weekly expenses, that's really important to protect those funds for certain things. Um, and also making sure that you factor in all of the top six different types of expenses um, and you can find out more about that. I'll tell you about how you can learn more about those because I go into quite a bit of detail about those. But they're basically, you know, the, the regular predictable expenses, the unpredictable expenses, the long-term expenses, the goals. Um, and there's, you know, there are things that, things that you want, things that you need, things that like replacement costs for things. Um, yeah, that, that kind of covers most things, but you really need to go through those in detail and just make sure that your, your plan incorporates all of those. Mm, yeah. So there are things that we can do right now to make changes and there are things that we can, we can go deeper and look at, say, one of your programs um, if we want to, but we don't need to sit and think you can't save. You can start saving and you can take actions right now to do that. And I think we've made that quite clear in this chat. And I think the thing is that, you know, it's tricky, this stuff. It's not um, – I had a lot of help over the years and I really encourage people not necessarily to get in touch with me, but there are spending planners who do what I do in all states of Australia. There is help out there. Your accountant is not a great, really, source of – um, a good dynamic budget. They will give you a basic budget, which is um, it's flawed in quite a lot of ways. Financial planners deal with investing. They're not really the people to go to. The person to go to is someone who you know is a budgeting specialist. Um, you know, but you, you can work it out on your own as well. But I strongly recommend that people get support around this that you know if, if you have if you buddy up with a friend and you support each other and keep each other accountable you know that that can work really well um you know i suppose that what i offer is a very um dynamic tool so you can certainly um manage your finances you can you can go a long way just by tracking your expenses and keeping detailed records of everything you spend money and and all of that sort of thing, and, and doing some planning. Um, but, yeah, so I, I would say getting support in some way um, is really, really helpful. Yeah, definitely, and support from somebody who gets you. So it's nice the way you do women-to-women -women support because we understand each other. We have a certain way of doing things, us women, don't we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> think, while we're on the topic, can you just tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to get more information about your program and I know on your website you've got a heap of really helpful financial freebies as well, and I'm sure that the listeners would like to go and have a look and maybe make use of those. Sure, yeah. Um, look, I've got my website is brightbenders.com.au, and I have a ton of free articles on there about saving in certain areas like groceries or clothing or utilities and insurances or on paying down debt. Um, but there are two particular resources that I put together that are super helpful. And um, so one is I have a special report called The Three Secrets to Saving Faster for the Things You Really Want. So things like saving for a home deposit, saving for a big 
overseas dream holiday, saving for retirement, all of those things. Um, and I put a lot of time and effort into that. It really should be a paid product, but, um, you know, because there's just so much good, great stuff in there. Um, but, you know, I have it because I want to really make that information available for lots of people. And the other thing is um, I've got two calculators. So there's the snapshot planner, which will give you an exact snapshot picture of your exact financial position right now so that you can really get a clear idea of your starting point. And then there's another one called the Wealth Planner, which will allow you to project ahead and so that you can get an idea of exactly how much money you need for retirement particularly and be able to plan things like paying down your debt and investing within that time frame. So if your goal is to retire within the next 10, 15 years, five years, whatever, you can you can set that as a goal and then work out what you would need to do to achieve that. So, yeah, so both of those tools can be found at brightspenders.com. Um, and they're just if you just look at the menu bar at the top, you'll see those two, um, two options there. And then I'm also on Facebook as well, Bright Spenders. Um, and uh, I haven't actually got Instagram really going yet, but I will. <laughs> That's all right. If you want to lose another five hours a week out of your life, you can start yeah, Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but also, exactly. on the, when I put this podcast up on the Beanstalk website, there'll be a link that goes straight through to Anthea's website as well. Um, look, Anthea, I feel I've learned a lot from this chat. Um, some of the things you've mentioned I've already put in place and other things I haven't. So I've got actions to take away from it. And I'm sure the <laughs> listeners will have too. And I feel that we're offered money advice throughout our lives, whether it's from well-meaning family and friends or from client-hungry banks. But so often this can lead, leave us sort of feeling baffled um, and more, <laughs> more fearful of our money. Um, or the advice that we get is bias or it's just low quality but the way that you talk you actually make it sound super easy and workable so mm. <laughs> so thank you for that because I've understood everything you've said and thank you for all the lovely freebies that are available to us on your website you're a very kind generous lady and also very clever quite clearly thank you for taking the time to share your enthusiasm around helping people with their money and your knowledge with us today on the podcast Oh, thanks, Lucy, for having me on. I just, you know, I really have loved being here today and, and you know, I really wish all your listeners all the best with their wealth and, you know, may, may they all be feeling secure and happy around their financial life and, yeah. And we all may, deserve, yeah. isn't it? We all deserve to yeah. feel confident Absolutely. in our yeah. life. But it does take effort um, from each and every one of us. But to the single mums listening in, Finances are one of the biggest challenges of single parenthood. I know that um, for a fact. Um, but there are solutions out there to help you save and get the things you really want. And as we discussed right at the beginning of the chat today, once you've done this, you'll be healthier, happier, and you might be a little bit smug that your financial future is under control and heading in the right direction. Until next time, ladies. Goodbye.